You're it until you're dead. Or until I find somebody better. Would you like to know more? Hello there, and welcome to a new episode of the Hyperbaric Reviews with your hosts, one man who always needs a medic. It's Bread Roll. And the man who's with me once upon a time fell in love with a starship trooper. It's JT. I thought you were going to say something dodgy about bugs or something then. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm literally about to, yeah, I didn't know what you were going to say. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Hello, indeed, and welcome to a new episode. And this week we are taking a look at the 1997 Paul Verhoeven movie, Starship Troopers. Yeah, indeed. Um, I was looking forward to this one, actually. And when I started watching it again yesterday, I suddenly thought, I don't remember the first time I ever saw this film. A lot of the this sort of era, I can remember the first time. But this, I really can't remember. I mean, looking at the, the date it came out in 97, it was a good 10 years after Robocop and a few years after Total Recall, which were sort of his big film so it wasn't in that era but I literally can't remember the first time I saw it I don't know about yourself Red Roll I remember when I saw this but I also remember the fact that I had no idea it existed like there was no trailers for it that I remember seeing mm. and granted this was before the internet and YouTube and all that bollocks um, but you know I, my cousin um, I had two cousins staying with my dad from New Zealand who are a bit older than me and they're really into their movies and one of them told me he said oh you've got to see this film Starship Troopers you'll really like it it's full of like blood and aliens and all that sort of stuff and then I went to the video rental store of my dad. I was probably only about 12 or 13 when this movie came out and rented it. And we watched it, watched it with my old man. And I thought, fuck me, this, this movie's a lot of fun. But yeah, I didn't remember, remember the first time I watched it. And I sort of got my brother into it and three of my friends. But I don't remember it ever being promoted or anything. It just kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, I don't remember watching it around the time it would have come out. I'm, I think I might have been a bit late on this one. It's one of my old man's favourite films. He fucking loves this film. Um, so does my girlfriend. She's like, the minute I said we're doing this, she's like, five. Straight away, it's got to be a five. Um, <laughs> so we'll see. But yeah, I literally, I don't think I saw it around the year it would have been out. I was probably a few years late on this one. I definitely had seen it a long time ago. But yeah, a bit weird. It's one of those movies. I mean, it's definitely got cult status, without a doubt. Um, but it's one of those movies that is, is very 90s, isn't it? Like even the cast, oh. they're a 90s cast that never really did anything. There's a couple of legends in there, which obviously we'll, we'll point out as we go along. But they're the sort of actors that are only around for a very short period and then they never really amounted to anything. But yeah, this is a very 90s movie and it is pretty full on in places, but it isn't quite the level of, like you say, Robocop or Total Recall which are probably Verhoeven's two kind of swan songs, at least from my point of view. Yeah, definitely. But I noticed watching it on Disney Plus yesterday, it's only a 16 rated. I'm sure it was, must have been an 18 when it came out, because it's pretty brutal in places. I've got the Blu-ray and it's 18 rated on there. Maybe it's had like mm. a, it's been redone or something. But yeah, it's always been an 18 as far as I'm aware. And it must have just obviously been redone lately. But yeah. Yeah, I was quite shocked when it popped up in the corner, 16 plus. I thought, hmm, especially for Disney, who, you know, I thought they'd have rated this 18 straight away, but maybe it was cut on there. I don't know. I, I'm not that familiar with the film that I would have noticed if scenes had been cut. It was still pretty full on, though. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't hold much back. And I've got to say, I'm impressed because, once again, it's just slightly over your threshold, JT. It's 129 <laughs> minutes long, but you hung in there, I see. <laughs> I did watch it in two parts, though. Um, not be not because of the length. It's just because there was something else on I wanted to watch. It was on TV last night. Um, it was the football, in case anyone's wondering. Um, so I sort of watched most of it before the football and then the end of it after the football. Ah, fair enough. So it had a budget of 105 million and came back of 121.2 million, according to Wikipedia. So it wasn't obviously a massive 
box office like hit, but it obviously made some money, which is good. It actually spawned a few sequels, which I've seen, and they're fucking rubbish. So don't watch them. We're not. I've, yeah, them. <laughs> I've purposefully avoided those because they were straight to DVD, weren't they? Oh, they were crap. The second one is like a fucking Channel Five. Anyone remembers what Channel Five <laughs> is in the UK when it first came out? It's like a Channel Five quality movie. It's fucking dog shit. Like it is mm. absolutely crap. But yeah, the sequels aren't worth writing home about. But it is a franchise. It's based off of a book, although the movie is nothing like the book. It just kind of took a few kind of nods and the name. It's actually the book that uh, James Cameron made Bill Paxton and Michael Bean read when they were um, filming Aliens to get into the mindset of what a kind of futuristic soldier would be like. Oh, right. Yeah, I think you might mention that in our Aliens podcast. Quite interesting, though. Um, and some of the ships in this look a little bit like the drop ship, I thought. Um, must have taken a nod from that and when they actually go down to the planet for the first time it's almost like the express elevator to hell scene isn't it it is yeah so there is a bit of um dna between aliens and this particular sort of book and series and stuff which uh obviously we'll have a look at as we go along so let's see what the movie's all about so one thing it's gonna be hard to explain i'd imagine people may have seen it if they're listening to our podcast or maybe not but verhoven does these weird things of his movies to kind of make his worlds exist. Um, and it works in Robocop. It does it in Total Recall. And he does it here as well. There's like these kind of newsreels or infomercial things going on to show you what's happening. And this movie opens with one of them and it kind of just shows you the state of the world and it highlights through a war of an insectoid alien species known as the Arachnids. Um, and people are encouraged to sign up for military service, which guarantees them citizenship, which plays a bit of a part in the plot as we go along. The book's quite a kind of, um, for those who might read the book or have read the book, it's a very satirical fascism-based book, which is where some of these tones for the movie actually obviously come from. So they also point out that the bugs tend to send meteorites towards Earth to try and obviously cause disruption, but we've got a defence grid that shoots them down. And then we cut to a live broadcast on the planet Clendathu. It's the bug homeworld where an invasion has begun. And we see the point of view of a cameraman with a reporter in front of him. And he's broadcasting live from the battle. And then all the soldiers behind him start running away like they're terrified. And this fucking arachnid turns up and just tears this bloke apart, like fucking shreds him. And then we see the point of view of a camera follow a soldier. A few of them are dying around him. And it sort of fades out as this soldier's kind of screaming as he's dying. And then we cut to a classroom where all the students are like, I don't know, 18 going on 40, apparently. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And we see a chunk of the main cast. So we're introduced to the main guy who's called Johnny Rico, his girlfriend, Carmen Abanez. And then I don't know if she's supposed to be their friend, but she's got the hots for Rico. Her name's Dizzy. And then we've got the teacher, Mr. Radchek, who's played by the legendary Michael Ironside. And they're discussing the difference between civilians and citizens. And Rico responds to a question saying that this um, civilians take personal responsibility for the safety of the human race where also citizens do that and civilians don't. So it's this whole kind of a bit like a Nazi regime almost like it's very, the government's very heavy on getting people to sign up and do their service. And then they do that, they get rewards, which kind of comes up throughout the movie. So what do you think of this, how it sort of kicked off JT? I really like the intro. Um, I like the way he uses those infomercials that you talked about. I think it's really clever because it tells big chunks of the story in seconds, doesn't it? It's really well done. And like I say, he has used it before. And again, um, I like it. And then when it cuts to that reporter, it doesn't leave much of the imagination, does it? You see the bug straight away. 
some of these films sort of build up to the bad guys, don't they? That fucking stupid thing we reviewed a few weeks ago um, with Chris Pratt took a while before we saw the first oh, yeah. bug okay. thing. Um, but this, within the first, what, minute, you've seen, like, you know, one of the aliens. You see that guy getting ripped apart. I mean, fuck me, if you're watching that live, well, that'd be pretty horrific. But I guess <laughs> in this time and age, that seems to be the norm because there's a few live streams throughout the film, isn't there? But yeah, brilliant intro. Um, then obviously it all cuts to sort of, it's a year before, isn't it? A year previous when it cuts to them all at school. It is, yeah. So it sort of like fades out. It's like one year before. But yeah, like you say, that doesn't leave much to now imagination. It's pretty fucking gory the way that guy just gets chomped in half by the arachnid. But yeah, those um infomercials, like you say, they're really good world builders, I think. Like I say, they give so much information quickly, whereas some movies would spend fucking ages trying to build in the state of this world and kind of lose its flow, wouldn't it? Yeah, if you think in the first five minutes of this film, we we know what's going on. We've seen the main, the, well, one of the main bad guys. Obviously, there's a few variants of it, and we've been introduced to the cast, and we're five minutes in, so done its job really. Yeah, but it's it's a typical kind of horror movie thing. Like these guys are just finishing up college or school or college. I can't tell what it is, but they are all in their fucking thirties, aren't they? Like <laughs> they the look guy, like it, yeah. Johnny Rico, like he looks like he is like about to be fucking forty nearly almost. But that's these nineties movies for you. Yeah, he's got that typical 90s movie look. And Casper Van Dien, who was in quite a few TV series before this, I think this might have been his first movie or certainly his first big movie. And we've got um, Denise Richards, haven't we, playing Carmen. And I must say, I I don't really warm to her character throughout the film, which we'll probably go go through as we go through the podcast. I don't know. There's something about her. I just don't like her character. No, I don't. Um, I think her character is a bit of a bitch, really. Um, and then we got Dina Meyer playing Dizzy, Dizzy Flores. Um, I, I like Dizzy. Dizzy's cool. She's a bit more grounded and a bit more, I don't know, just more fun than Carmen. Carmen's just a twat. <laughs> yeah, she is. We'll touch on as we go along. But I was just happy to see good old Michael Ironside. Again, he's turned up in a few Verhoeven movies. Obviously, he was um, See You at the Party Lictor in Total Recall. <laughs> yeah. And the, the voice he of Sam Fisher for any gamers out there. Yeah, love a bit of Ironside, definitely. So then um, we see the students, they're out getting their exam scores and Carmen's done really well um, and she's got dreams of becoming a fleet pilot. But Rico's obviously not very gifted at academics. He's got a really shit score. And How then, harsh um, is that, though? Just, just yeah, to cut in there, sorry. <laughs> like, your score gets flashed up on a big fucking screen in front of everyone. It's just like, that's not very nice, is it, if you've done shit like poor old Rico has? Yeah, exactly. It's all the results I'd probably get if I tried to do an exam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, we also get introduced to Carl here, who's played by Neil Patrick Harris, who has actually gone on to be in quite a few things in the modern day. He um, looks weird in this, doesn't he? I mean, he's quite a weird-looking guy. Obviously, we've talked about him before, but I don't know. He looks really strange in this film. He looks really anemic. <laughs> he's really pale. Yeah, I don't know how old he was when he did this because obviously he doesn't look much older now, and it's obviously a good twenty years or so since this movie. But yeah, he does look quite odd. But he's um another one of their friends. Um, and then they go to a science les- lesson where they're doing some kind of autopsy on some small arachnids, which basically look like giant cockroaches. And Rico's completely unfazed. He's working with Carmen. And he's like, cuts it open. He's like, putting like <laughs> guts and everything out. And he's just like doing his thing. The teacher's walking around giving a lecture and um, Carmen just fucking pukes up everywhere and runs out of the classroom. Then Dizzy kind of takes the piss as she's running away. Yeah, Dizzy's kind of hacking hers apart as well, isn't she? But old Carmen's not happy about it at all. But it did make me chuckle the way Rico just gets stuck in, doesn't he? Just starts, oh, here's the stomach. Oh, this must be the heart. And he's just 
plonking his bits of fucking intestines and stuff all over Carmen. It's quite funny. <laughs> She's got fucking just handfuls of like intestines and shit, hasn't she? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we cut to Rico. He's now having like psychic training with Carl. Um, and he's shit at that as well. He doesn't seem to be good at anything other than, you know, destruction, which is probably why he obviously takes the career path he does. Um, and he turns out that Carl has psychic abilities and he mentions that he can't use telepathy on humans and emphasises the word yet, which comes into play a bit later on. And then we cut to this kind of, I always thought this looked really cool, this kind of indoor NFL tournament they're doing. It's pretty full on, like they're beating the shit out of each other pretty much. It's somewhere between American football and wrestling almost. Um and Rico and Dizzy are on the same team. And the away team, there's a guy on there called Xander. And he, um, again, is another student who's going on fucking 40 at this point. How fucking and... sweaty is he as well? <laughs> I, I just put him in my notes all the way through as sweaty guys. I couldn't be bothered to remember his name. But yeah, it's Xander. But my God, the fucking guy's drenched in sweat, isn't he? And I know they're, they're playing sport, but Rico hasn't got a bead on him. And Xander looks like he's been swimming. <laughs> Yeah, but he um he gets knocked into the crowd and he's kind of flirting with Carmen, isn't he? And Rico's like, yeah. I'm not of any of this shit. Um, but then eventually, like Rico and Dizzy, kind of like do like this special play and they end up winning the game. Um, but then Xander mentions to Carmen as well that he's going to the Fleet Academy, and she's like, Oh, I want to go there. Blah blah blah. Um, and this is kind of like where we get to see that Carmen is a bit of a bell end, as you mentioned earlier. Yeah, yeah, she is. She's properly flirting with old Xander as well, isn't she? And Rico's getting more and more pissed off like he would. So he's he obviously rubs it in when he, he wins the game with that typical movie last-minute touchdown, for want of a better word. It is a touchdown, I guess. That pitch as well they're playing on is really deceiving because from certain angles it looks tiny. But then when they do that play, it looks like the ball's flying in the air for fucking miles. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I remember what like the indoor halls were like, you know, when I was at school. Yeah, they're big, but they're not like that big, are they? But like I say, but the way they cut the angle, it's like, how far actually are you throwing that ball? You know, <laughs> cut <weird>. the feet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so now we've got Rico and he's getting ready for his prom, and his dad's not happy that he's um planning to enlist for the federal service. And his dad says, you know, instead of doing all that, why don't you come on a big vacation with your family? Because he's from like a pretty rich family, they're quite well to do high society by the looks of it. And then they go to the prom and Carmen heads off to speak to her teacher and Dizzy grabs Rico, who reluctantly ends up dancing with her. And then Rico runs off to speak to Mr. Radjek before finding Carmen, like literally flirting with Xander again in the crowd. And he They're grabs her. And they have... so. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he, he's like flirting with Dizzy. She's flirting with Xander. It's like, fucking hell. No wonder their relationship doesn't uh, last very long. Uh, spoiler alert. Yeah. I think like he doesn't, openly flirt with Dizzy that much to begin with, does he? Like she's obviously trying to get her fucking she she obviously wide on for him. Yeah. Yeah, and he kind of he's he's sort of doing that awkward mate thing where he doesn't want to piss her off, but he's also seeing Carmen out the corner of his eyes, so he's just like, I need to be careful here, isn't he? Yeah. And either way, they have their kind of their last dance and he says to her that I've decided I'm gonna sign up for federal service and she's like, Oh well come with me and Carl tomorrow. We'll sign up together. They have like a little kiss as the kind of um, the music plays out. And I think the song that's playing here is actually pretty cool. I quite like this sequence. It's quite a stylish sort of prom, futuristic prom looking place. Yeah, if I remember right, it sort of just fades away, doesn't it? With them sort of doing their thing, if I, if I do remember right. I only saw this yesterday, but there we go. My memory's shot to shit. <laughs> so the next day, Rico, Carmen and Carl all sign up. And Carl mentions he's got into military and 
military intelligence, can't even fucking say it. <laughs> Carmen's been accepted into the flight school. And Rico's joined the mobile infantry, which is basically just their kind of that army boots on the ground. And he's got that guy behind the desk, hasn't he? And he's like, oh, mobile <laughs> infantry made me the man I am today. And he pushes his no wheelie legs. chair away. Yeah, he's got no <laughs> legs, like one arm with like a robot arm in its place. It's like, oh, what that to look forward to? Yeah, exactly. It's basically saying to Rico, you're fucking cannon fodder, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Well, we've already had a glimpse of what they're going to be going up against. Yeah. Why would you sign up for that? <laughs> So then we cut back to Rico's house and his parents are going mental because he signed up for a federal service. And his dad's like, you know, I'm going to cut you off. You walk out that door, you, you know, I'm done with you. And his mum's like, don't throw your life away just because of some girl you want to see look pretty in a uniform. Because they know he's probably just doing it to impress Carmen, which he is. Um, and he walks off and then he meets Carmen at some kind of weird travel station. I don't know if it's supposed to be an airport or a fucking train terminal, which is some <laughs> place with well, crazy elevators. Yeah, it's just it's that kind of Verhoeven look, isn't it? Which this film, obviously, it's his film. It's drenched with, isn't it? It's very much that sort of t- total recall world still. Um, it, yeah, yeah, I thought that. I was like, is it an airport? And no, I not it can't really be an airport because when Carmen goes on that thing, it just kind of goes off in the distance. It's not really a plane, is it? Yeah, I assume you're just getting like these little chambers and just whoosh, <laughs> you go, go somewhere. <laughs> know what they're doing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He does tell her um, he loves her at this point and she sort of is reluctant to say it back, but she does eventually before she fucks off, doesn't she? Yeah. And he's like pointing out the fact that, you know, he's always had to walk out of his home. So he's literally wearing everything he owns now. He's left his house. He's now out on his own going to the military, isn't he? Whereas all the others have all kind of left and sort of thought it through and they're going to like better kind of places in the military. He's just going to boots on the ground. Yeah, I mean, I, I felt for him a bit there because obviously, like you say, he's, he's doing it to impress Carmen mainly. She's pretty much mugging him off because I don't think she wanted to tell him that she loved him. And he's just stood there wearing, like you say, the clothes he's left the house in. I'll be feeling that. Uh, probably want to just go back home now, to be honest, and go on holiday. Yeah, you swallow your pride and be like, sorry, Dad, I was a bit <laughs> of a bellend. Can we, can we go somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he doesn't, obviously. So now we get another set of infomercials um, and then we see Rico at boot camp and we meet one of my favourite characters played by Clancy Brown, Instructor Zim, who literally fucking <laughs> nearly kills half of his men every fucking two minutes. <laughs> he's brilliant, isn't he? He's such a dick, but he's brilliant. <laughs> he is medic! <laughs> and he's, I mean, um, I don't know if this is what, you know, drill sergeants are really like in the American army, but he's doing this proper like fucking full metal jacket drill sergeant speech isn't he in front of his new recruits like fucking laying yeah. into him and then he's like you know they're anyone not, here Sorry, Karen. They're not like it if they're not like it in real life they're certainly like it in every fucking movie so there must be an element of truth in it there must be yeah i mean any of our listeners out there from america if you've been in the armed service or i know anyone who has let us know if those um, drill instructors are really like that because it seems to be a trend in hollywood it certainly does so he's now challenging people, you know, to see if they can knock him down. Um, and this is where he, like, gets his first casualty. This big fucking dude comes at him and he, like, flips him over and just, like, snaps his arm. He just sort of stands up like, are you all right, son? And he's like, oh, I think my arm's broken. It, oh, that is, that is um, this film's pretty brutal, but most of it is, like, sort of gore, but car- not cartoony gore, but it's not like, oh, my God. But that, when he breaks his arm, the, the snap and the, oh, it made me fucking cringe. It's the way it just happens so suddenly as well. Like, again, it's not built up or like shot like no. anyway. He just flips him over and just snaps it and stands up again. And he's like, Murder. So this guy's obviously <laughs> got to get fucking sorted. 
one of the bits so you know when you talk about the infomercial a minute ago it made me laugh because you've got it's obviously really cheesy you've got kids and like the soldiers are just letting them play with their guns aren't they for this like commercial they're doing and then there's an advert for this for physics or something um and there's a cow and you see it getting killed but they censor it out the actual killing of the cow then it cuts to just a room with loads of mutilated bodies human bodies it's totally not censored yeah, and that sense a bit when the cow was being eaten, like it senses the cow, like you say, but you see all the fucking legs and blood being thrown yeah. left, right, and center on the screen. It's just like fucking. It's obviously done. It's obviously done for comedy effect that, but it did make me laugh. The fact you, you know, it's horrible seeing the cow die. Then it just cuts to loads of fucking bits of like human body all over the place. Yeah, it's fucking anyway, weird, isn't it? <laughs> on a side note, that was. <laughs> so now Dizzy arrives at the boot camp, and she's um hands Zim a notice and he reads it out and he's like, oh, you specifically requested um, transfer to this one. And she's like, oh, I heard it was the best. And then she tries fighting him and she actually gets a shot in on him, doesn't she? Like, she blocks yeah. him, punches him and then he, like, sweeps her and just kneels across her neck and chokes her out. Yeah, it looks, it looks like he's going to kill her at one point. He's probably, like, fucking kneeling on her and she's, like, pretty much blacking out. But yeah, I, I thought, um, I'd forgotten about this bit, like a lot of the film, and I thought she was going to take him out. I was like, no, that can't happen. But yeah, he does get the upper hand in the end. Yeah, yeah, it does look like it's going to be, oh, yeah, she is going to beat him. But then realistically, she's like half his size. I mean, he's a big dude, isn't he, Clancy Brown? Yeah, he is. Yeah. Um, so now they're kind of in a mess hall, and we get introduced to Ace, who's played by um, Jake Busey, good old Gary <laughs> Busey's son there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he looks like Derek Wibley from Some 41. From Red Dwarf. <laughs> yeah, that's what it reminded me of in this film is Dwayne Dibley. And uh, not Dwayne Dibley, you got me fucking Derek Wibley. <laughs> oh, definitely. He's a fucking weird looking bloke. But he he, is, you yeah. can tell like, you're like, well, there's only one person whose son you could be, really, isn't there? Like, not a secret. Yeah, when he when he first came on, I I didn't realise who he was, and I was looking at the cast and I was like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> so they sort of meet up and they kind of him and Rico are kind of frenemies aren't they they both want to be squad leaders so they have this kind of like little rivalry going but then Rico's not happy that because um, he thinks Dizzy's just following him around and joined up because of him and she's like you know don't think, yeah, think you've got a big head there um, and then we see that um, Carmen is doing a bit of flight training and then she ends up on a ship called the Roger Young where she's going to be a pilot and lo and behold Xander just happens to be the other pilot on there with her so now they're together yeah a bit of a, a little uh, sort of coincidence that isn't it um he's not quite as sweaty in this when he's wearing his uniform he looks fairly normal though he does get a bit sweaty again later on I noticed yeah he does and he still don't get like the fact that he wasn't supposed to be in high school but he, he literally looks like he's in his 40s I just the fucking the casting in this just makes no sense it doesn't, does it? What's it? Pa- Patrick Muldoon, his name is. Let's have a look. Let's have a quick look. See how old he was. Uh, no, he, he was only, what, 68. So he was 31 when they did this. Um, but he does look older than that. No, 29. So I can't get my fucking maths right. Bloody hell, no wonder I'd get 35% when that thing <laughs> score comes up. Yeah, anyway, so he was about 30-odd when, when this came out. But he looks older than that. And he looks fucking old in this picture on IMDb. Yeah, I've seen that picture on IMDb. Yeah, he uh, looks like he's made of leather a little bit. He does a bit. He looks like he's done a bit too much <laughs> coke as well, but we won't go there because that could be uh, blasphemy or not blasphemy. What's the word? Slander. That's the word I'm looking for. So we, <laughs> we won't say that. <laughs> so now we're back at boot camp and we uh, Rico manages to become squad leader and they're in this like, really cool kind of like 
laser quasar type game, aren't oh, they? I think it's brilliant. Awesome. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's brilliant. Before this, though, doesn't fucking old uh, Clancy Brown doesn't he chuck a knife into uh, Derek Wibley's hand when they're farting around? And he he says something about oh, what can a knife do or anything? And he tells him to put his hand on the wall, and he just fucking launches it and pins his hand to the wall, doesn't he? And he's like, yeah. you know, if you if you stop their hand, then they can't reach for their gun or something. So uh, I thought that was quite cool. And again, it's quite brutal the way it just pierces his hand straight into the wall. Yeah, because again, it's another quick one. Because those like knife throwing boards, aren't they? And he just like mm. flips the knife around and launches it and goes straight into his hand. And again, for like an older movie, I know there is CGI in this, but that looked like a bit of a practical effect. You almost see the screen. I don't know if you notice, it kind of jutters almost to show like a replacement. Like there's a fake hand there now. But I thought that was done pretty well. Yeah, it's done pretty well. And some of the effects in this look really good, and some of them look fucking terrible. But again, we'll we'll t- touch on that. I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, now that, um, they're in this sort of like laser game and Rico and Dizzy kind of team up and do one of their um, football plays and R- Rico ends up capturing the flag and becoming squad leader. So he's done it with um, Dizzy's help and he kind of acknowledges it, doesn't he? Like when they're back in their little room, their mess hall, or whatever it is, he sort of like shakes her hand and he says, you know, can we be friends? And obviously she yeah. doesn't say no, but then he gets a message, like a video message from Carmen that he's watching then she breaks up with him and says, oh, I want to, you know, be a career pilot and it's not going to leave room for us. So now he's split up with, or Carmen split up with him and stuff and the others are kind of patting him on the back and they kind of form this little kind of friendship now with Ace as well, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. I mean, that's really harsh, isn't it? He puts this little mini disc almost thing into the player to watch the video from Carmen and everyone gathers around and the old um, Derek Wibley Ace, he's like, well, she's pretty hot and that. And, um, you know, and then she turns around and says, see you later, pretty much. In front of everyone, yeah, not not a nice way to uh, to be dumped, is it? No, it's not. And things now go a bit from bad to worse because um, Rico's now doing a live fire exercise as squad leader, and he ends up getting one of his men killed. And this thing fucking makes no sense to me because they're in this big compound, and all they are is like they're just up on this little kind of plinth, and these little like fake um, laser robot or like boards of men come up, and they're firing real ammunition. But there's like people doing like exercises around them, like jogging. <laughs> fucking monkey bars of all kinds and it's like one stray bullet will fucking kill one of them let alone one of your own men but obviously he does yeah. one of his own men because his helmet's malfunctioning he takes it off and one of the recruits trips up about gun firing and it just fucking blows his head off nearly and that looks pretty brutal when that happens yeah it does yeah literally about to say the same thing it looks well brutal yeah it just pretty much blows his head to pieces and now we get introduced to um Old Hank, don't we, from Breaking Bad. <laughs> I was going to say, old <laughs> Hank's in here as well. He gets around. He's in um, Total Recall as well, isn't he? Yeah, I remember you telling me I need to... We'll probably end up reviewing Total Recall at some point because I can't remember him being in it. But, yeah, you're right, he is. But I, just, I can't remember his character. But, yeah, I, I did have a chap I'd forgotten he was in this as well. And then there he is in all his uh, glory, properly having a go at old um, Rico, isn't he, for what he's just done, which um, is obviously not surprising. He's just had one of his guys killed. Oh, well, I could say he's had someone killed, but at least he didn't mistake rocks for minerals. He never fucking heard the end of it then, would he? Fucking all over him for that. <laughs> it's hard to take him seriously in any other character, and obviously Breaking Bad was a long time after this, but you just can't see him as anyone else other than Hank, can you? No, no, he's he's one of my favourite characters in that show. But um, not going to digress too much. But yeah, good old Hank, he's properly fucking bollocking Rico, um, and then he sentences him to administrative punishment, which is ten lashes. It's a bit old school for the future, but either way, Rico gets sort of 
strung up in the courtyard, all like surrounded by everyone watching. And we see Ace has been promoted to squad leader now, and he's there trying to hide his teeth behind a fucking sheet <laughs> grin that he's got fucking going on. And as old Rico was getting lashed, it cuts to the Roger Young where fucking Xander and Carmen are supposed to be on. I assume it's night watch, but when you're in space, it's always fucking night. So I don't know what they're actually doing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Those lashes are pretty brutal, though, aren't they? I think we see five or six of them before it cuts away. And um, surprised he fucking survived that, to be honest. Yeah, it makes you think, doesn't it? Like back in the day on like the old naval ships and everything where people used to be like clapped in irons and lashed as punishment. It's like nowadays people cry if they get like fucking sent home early and suspended from work for a while. <laughs> alone kind of fucking yeah, whip. True. Yeah, yeah, pretty brutal. So he even sells Zim as well, doesn't he? Before um, Rico's about to get lashed, he like gives him the mouthpiece to bite down on and yeah. he's like, you know, being a bit soft and he's like, you know, just bite down on this because it'll help. And he's like, I know. Obviously, he knows that he's had his, uh, his punishment in the past for his career. Yeah, poor old Rico after about the third last, so he, it falls out of his mouth, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I think I reckon you'd probably just end up passing out, wouldn't you, really? You probably wouldn't 100%. even feel the last couple. No, I mean, they're, they're properly taking chunks out of his back. Like I say, I'm surprised he survived it. Um, but yeah, it's pretty gnarly. So, on the Roger Young, as you say, Carmen and Xander are basically flirting with each other and doing fuck all. Um, and then the warnings go off and they look out the window and there's a ruddy grey asteroid coming towards them. So they go into evasive manoeuvres and they just about miss it, but you see it scrape along the bottom um, and it knocks out their um, their communication array, doesn't it? So then, then the rest of the crew run in to try and sort of see what's going on. And then they're like, oh, we can't communicate with Earth to let them know an asteroid's coming because our antenna's knocked out, um, which kind of is a bit of a prelude to what's coming up next. Yeah, it is. But when I said about the effects being shit, they all seem to be in, this, in the, these sort of scenes, the space scenes. Some of it looks really ropey now, doesn't it? It does, yeah. I mean, that bit, the asteroid itself doesn't look too bad when they look out the window. But when you actually see the ship flying through space and obviously avoiding it, that does look a little bit superimposed these days. It's some of the bits as well where they're in the cockpit and that and just the the blue screen around them looks really shaky and just, well, I mean, it's what? 25 years old or whatever it is now so it is showing its age a bit in the, the space scenes so now we're um we're back at the boot camp and rico's leaving after his punishment and obviously getting someone killed and dizzy and some of the others are saying you know you don't have to go you know you've taken your licks if they didn't want you they'd have kicked you out and he's like no i signed up for the wrong reasons and i need to go and then he calls his parents and he's kind of apologizes to them and they both forgive him and it's a bit sad, this bit, because like, his mum's like really happy to see him. And even his dad, you can tell, is sort of like, you know, loves his son, even though he like was acting like a bit of a prick earlier. And he's like, just come on home. We love you. And then the communication just cuts off. Um, so Rico was sort of walking out of um, the boot camp and all the soldiers around him suddenly start shouting and they run off to these big screens. There's fucking big screens everywhere in this movie. There it's is. like, no matter where you fucking go, there's a massive screen to look at something. But we suddenly, yeah, I mean... That's a Verhoeven thing, isn't it? Because he, he had it in Total Recall as well quite a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's Seems true. Seems to be his thing. That he, he likes, again, it, it's kind of uh, explaining big chunks of story in seconds, really. I guess that's another one of his ways of doing it. So I, I think it works really well. But like you say, I mean, in real life now, I mean, what, we're 2021, you see sort of screens in places like, you know, Leicester Square or whatever and in train stations and that maybe but they're not fucking everywhere like they are in these films 
now is that kind of industrial retro looking future isn't it that we used to get yeah. from these movies um one bit here speaking of like getting loads of information at once a lot happens here in like a minute of real time of this movie so they all run to these screens and rico kind of follows them and looks then it's like buenos aires has been struck by a, a um an asteroid and like it shows like the whole place burning and that and that's rico's home um because Dizzy comes over and goes, oh, shit, that's our home. You know, they've hit our home and it's, you know, destroyed it. And then on the news, it's like Sky Marshal Dean's plans an invasion of Clendathu. And it's like, hang on, the asteroid's only just hit. And now we've got this whole <laughs> fucking plan of attack. And there's like massive invasion going on in the space of about 30 seconds. It's like, slow it down a little bit. Yeah, you're right, actually. I didn't think of that. That's, that yeah, it wouldn't have happened straight away like that. One thing as well I thought was quite weird was they were based in Buenos Aires, and that's in Argentina, and that's a strange place for them sort of to be based, isn't it? Their home is normally LA or somewhere like that. I just thought that was a bit weird. I've always thought that. Yeah, yeah, I agree, because, like, up until then, you don't really hear that, that that's obviously where they live, and you just assume, don't you? You think, yeah, it's, they're quite Americanised people, so, yeah, like you say, LA, somewhere like that, somewhere sort of like on the... Uh... The West Coast, probably, but yeah, Buenos Aires is a bit odd. A lovely place, obviously, but yeah, strange location. Yeah, and this is um, where basically Rico tells old Hank he wants to stay, and um, what's his name? Old uh, Zim says something about, "Oh, is that your signature on the resignation?" He looks at it and says, "Yeah," and he just rips it up, doesn't he? So he's obviously uh, he's obviously staying. Yeah, I do like that a bit because we get a little um, prelude to something that happens later. Like Zim's like telling Hank, so, you know, I want to be in combat. And he goes, you can only be in combat if you bust yourself down to private. You're, you know, you're a trainer or whatever they're called, um, drill sergeant. Um, and I do like that bit that um, Hank's like, you signed your paper. It won't be legal. And he kind of turns his back, doesn't he? And old Zim picks it up and rips it up. And I like the fact that yeah. they, you can obviously tell they got a soft spot for Rico. He's proved himself as a good soldier. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that bit we talked about with the old uh, laser tag, before, you know, when they weren't using live ammo, when old Dizzy helps him out, he goes full on Rambo, doesn't he? And pretty much takes out a whole team on his own. Yeah, that's really cool. If they had things like that in real life, I'd sign up for that because that looks like a hell of a lot of fun. I've literally got it in my notes here. They're playing some kind of futuristic laser tag. Looks awesome fun. So, yeah, definitely. I'm up. <laughs> sign me up now. Just don't give me any live ammo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So now we're aboard some kind of battle station, I suppose it is, or something floating around in space. Um, and Rico bumps into Carmen, and they're sort of chatting. And then Xander appears like a fucking slimy wet cock, like <laughs> slithering way through the fucking crowd. And Rico kind of puts two and two together, doesn't he? He's like, oh, I see. This is where things are best for us, knowing that she's kind of shacked up. And these yeah. two get into a fight now, which is pretty full on, I think. It's a, you know, just a little punch up between the two, but it looks pretty good. Yeah, it does. Um, and I, I quite like Rico's character, and that Xander again, a bit like fucking Carmen. I think they're suited because he pisses me off as well. He's really sleazy, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's got a face only a punch could love. He's just so fucking. <laughs> you, just, you just don't like him straight away. He's just such a little fucking greasy bastard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally, and sweaty as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then, um, they've got Dizzy. We've got Ace and Rico, and they're just random little fucking old bloke with them as well that's obviously another one of their friends and they'll go and get tattoos together before the invasion starts and then we get this like full-on like military it's like something out of fucking halo or something all these big like drop ships or big starships all these drop ships coming out of them and all this kind of military banter it's really cool because i like the music that plays over these battle sequences and they land on clendathu and there's like plasma being shot up from the planet and they just have this big old fucking invasion section 
it's kind of like saving private ryan in space almost yeah yeah it is this is the bit where there's the huge bugs on the planet's surface and they're like shitting out asteroids aren't they <laughs> yeah, yeah the plasma turns out just to be like fucking bug shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah but then they get these um i think these are really cool they've got like these mini nukes haven't they like it's like a normal kind of like rocket launcher but it sends off like this tiny little nuke that obviously causes a lot of devastation they take out these two um i don't know poo bugs or whatever we're gonna fucking call them <laughs> but they take them out but i just think those look pretty cool yeah they do that yeah they're cool and th- those bugs are massive though aren't they one thing though i thought as well we talked about the effects earlier i think the worst effects in this whole film are the gunshot effects like the the, the things from the muzzles of the guns and the barrels just looks fucking terrible. They look like little kids' guns that they just superimpose little explosions on. Did you not think that? Yeah, the flame of the yeah, yeah. the shots they're really wide, aren't they? Like they like you said, it's still been added on later. Yeah, and also it takes like two or three people literally unloading unlimited clips into these bugs to take one down. You've got no hope, have you? Yeah, it is ridiculous how long one of these fucking things takes to kill. So. These guys, obviously, this invasion doesn't go well. And this is actually now caught up with the start of the movie, hasn't it? Because you see them running past the um, news presenter, and he's there, yeah. which is the guy we saw at the start of the movie. And Ace is supposed to be the squad leader, but he's just completely bricking it at this point. So Rico kind of assumes command. He's just like, yeah, kill them all. And he's kind of controlling the squad a little bit. And then the sequence we saw at the start, we see it play out properly now. And it's actually like they're calling the retreat and running back. And the soldier we saw die at the start is Rico, isn't it? He like gets a fucking arachnid, stab him in the leg. And he like yeah. spends like a fucking entire magazine and then like an entire shotgun on this one arachnid and still doesn't fucking kill it. Yeah, that's what I mean. These things are pretty indestructible, aren't they? Another bit that I thought was very alien-esque is one um or aliens. One guy goes a bit Hudson, doesn't he? He just fucking goes mad. Come on, you want some? You want some? And he's properly going at this bug before he gets taken out. And I thought, that's just fucking Hudson, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I do like the fact that you see, like, the kind of the Lamberts as well, because there's that one woman, isn't she? She sees one of her, like, buddies get killed, and she just, like, goes, oh, my God, and shits herself and just tries to run away, and she kind of falls down into this hole and gets killed herself. But fuck me, I do like the fact that they actually focus on the fact that people are scared of these things. Not everyone's a big hurly-burly tough guy. Yeah, we were bloody scared of them. They're pretty much indestructible. Um, but, yeah, we haven't had a Lambert in a film for a while, have we? It's about a time we had one. Yeah, that's true. So, obviously, this battle fucking goes tits up. Um, and then back on the on the, the space station or wherever it's supposed to be, um, we see Carmen, and there's all these fucking injured people around. And then, once again, there's a giant fucking screen, and it's got all the names of the casualties and stuff on there. So she types in Rico's name, and it comes up with him listed as KIA. And sort of Xander sort of stood there. And at this point, he doesn't actually make any cocky remarks. He just kind of nods, doesn't he? So he's kind of like yeah. half decent at this moment. Well, yeah, he, he you know, he, do, he doesn't want to upset her because he wants to get into a knickers. So I guess he's going to have to at least pretend to be a little bit upset that Rico's <laughs> dead, in inverted commas. Um, and Carmen's got a really unconvincing sort of cut stroke scar across her eyebrow in this scene. It looks really bad. It looks like that fucking really shit. Like, remember, like, you used to get vampire blood for yeah, Halloween. It's I do. <laughs> it looks like someone just ran a fucking little splodge of that. Yeah, it does look shit. Yeah, it really does. This bit really confused me now because fucking Rico's just in some kind of flotation tank, like Luke Skywalker in Empire Strikes Back. I was going to say that he's in some kind of like Bacta tank, isn't he? Because we get like one of mm. those infomercials and it says, yeah, the thing was a failure. 
there's now someone else in charge and they're going to do a new strategy. Yeah, and then he's just floating there in this big fucking nappy, isn't he? Like, you know, doing his thing. <laughs> then Ace and Dizzy turn up and they're kind of like talking to him through the glass and taking a piss because, like, oh, you're dead. You've been killed in action. And Dizzy sort of blows him a kiss and runs off. And then <laughs> they join a group now, a squad called the Roughnecks. This is where they meet a character called Sugar, who kind of joins them, um, who's currently the actor is in Walking Dead these days for anyone out there who, you know, watches that. Don't blame me if you don't, because it's shit. But anyway, they also meet um, their old teacher, Mr. Radchek, who's the commanding officer of uh, Radjack's Roughnecks. Yeah, it's good to see old Michael Ironside come back, isn't it? It's, he plays quite a big role now in the rest of the film, doesn't he? Which is cool to see, because he's a bit of a legend. But Rico, so he was like dead, again in inverted commas, and then next thing, he's been in that flotation tank, and now he seems completely fine again, so I want to have a go in that tank. It seems to be like you're born again once you've been in there. Well, yeah, because they actually show it like kind of reconstructing the big hole he had in his leg, like rebuilding muscle tissue and stuff. And it's like, well, how come they can't heal everyone else like that? All those injured people they had out on those decks, why don't they just throw them all on these tanks? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought I was missing something. I always think that in these films. Maybe I think too much into it. But I was like, why Why just him? And I know like he's the hero of the film, and that's why. But yeah, why him? Why not everyone else? Or at least more than just one. They didn't seem to bring anyone else back. It's weird as well here because um, they're all kind of like lined up because obviously the Radjax just walked in. So like, you know, officer on the deck sort of thing. And he sort of walks along and he looks at Rico. And at this point, I don't know if he actually recognised him and doesn't say anything. Because I know he acknowledges him later on, doesn't he? But so I wonder if yeah. he actually recognised him at this point or if he's just kind of coming in to give his speech. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure he would recognise him. It hasn't been that long, has it? But I like the way he goes, I'm in charge. And if you don't do your job, I'll shoot you. Welcome to the Roughnecks. Yeah. Quite cool. <laughs> yeah, he is a great actor. I do like a bit of Ironside. And I forgot to mention at the start, like, it's a pretty good effect that they use, but he's only got one arm, hasn't he? Like, his arm was cut off at, like, the um the elbow when he's a teacher, yeah. and now he's got, like, a big metal arm on. But when they did that scene earlier on, I thought that looked pretty convincing. Yeah, it does look pretty good. Yeah, I thought that. Some of the practical effects are, are good. It's the... Well, not CGI back then, was it, really? But the space effects had let it down a bit in places yeah so now they head to a planet um and they take out some bug holes and it kind of shows the humans kind of they're actually you know doing all right in these encounters here because they're like nuking the bug holes and they're like taking out obviously these groups of bugs the roughnecks seem to be a pretty tight-knit unit don't they they like know what they're doing they're pretty full-on badasses um yeah. Then things got a little bit tits up because this big fucking thing that's referred to as a tanker comes out of the ground. And I can't remember, I can't think about what kind of bug it actually re- looks like, but it kind of shoots fucking lava or something out of its nostrils. And it's, it's like killing off loads of people. Yeah. <laughs> and it, one, one guy flamethrowers his arm off, doesn't it? His, his arm's on fire and he sort of holds up and it just sort of melts and disintegrates. It's fucking brutal. Yeah, and there's that other group that are running away and they all get fucking toasted. You know, Rico once again does his football kind of manoeuvre where he does that kind of flip onto his back. He like shoots through its shell and throws a grenade in and manages to blow it up from the inside and kill it. And this is where um, Radchek kind of recognises him and he's like, oh, Rico, you know, I'm going to make you a corporal because I recognise you from school. And then this fucks off. <laughs> it's like, all right, that was an easy promotion. Yeah. <laughs> it was an easy promotion, but to be fair, he took that big bug down. I thought that was quite cool, the way he blew it up. I thought that looked pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty badass. And then he, um, well, he offers the 
Rico does. Now he's a corporate. He's like, I need a squad leader. And he offers it to Ace. And Ace is like, no, I fucked up the last time. I just want to fight now. So then he gives the squad leader job to Dizzy. And then they have this really cool scene. Like, they're on a hostile planet, but they fucking, they're having this little party. Like, Radjik <laughs> brings out, like, crates of beer. Ace is running around with a big fucking, like, lime green violin. That's and weird. fucking shit's going on. It's like, all right, yeah, I mean, it's good fun. I suppose you'd want to live from day to day, but it's like, probably not the safest place to crack a cold one. I did think that. It's just like, you know, surely these bugs as well, they are still around as we find out, but yeah, they're just celebrating like, you know, they've won the war and they're about to go home and everything's going to be normal again. They're just drinking and having a laugh and that fucking violin, it's weird. <laughs> There's a fucking weird bit here as well. That's quite a few weird bits, but um, Rico and um, Dizzy, they sort of start dancing and stuff and they, things get a little bit romantic, but before they retreat to their tent, they have a little bit of how's your father... There's a scene where they're dancing and Ace, who's got the violin, he comes in like and looks at them and there's this really weird kind of like, I don't know if it's supposed to be like a knowing look, but he kind of like <laughs> leans in and just pulls his fucking stupid face. <laughs> he has got a bit of a stupid face anyway, but yeah, he does emphasise it a bit more. I know exactly what you mean. Um, this this bit did make me laugh though, where um, old uh, Rico and uh, Dizzy go back to the tent, don't they? And she she gets naked and he starts getting you know, a bit naked, and they start to sort of kiss, and, you know, things are going to happen. And then old Radcheck sort of breaks through and says, right, we've got to fucking leave. We've got to go. We've got to get out of here. And Dizzy's hiding under the blanket, and he sort of goes, who's in there with you? And she pops up, and he's like, oh, I'll give you 20 minutes. I thought that was quite good. Yeah, yeah, that is a good bit, because he's like, get your shit done in 10 minutes, and then he spots her, and he goes, I'll make it 20 minutes. But then he fucks yeah. off and leaves the door open. Did you notice? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, but no, fair play. But yeah, 20 minutes, that's more than enough. Fuck me, that's enough before play, the act, and a cigarette afterwards. Not that I smoke. <laughs> <laughs> I could pack a cigarette, so it maybe, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a bit, Um, I actually quite like the way the chemistry... I know this is an action movie. You don't expect relationships to be written very well in this, but I quite like the chemistry and how it builds with Dizzy and Rico. It seems quite genuine. Um, and I say Dizzy's quite a cool character, I think. Yeah, no, I totally agree. She's a lot better than um, than Carmen. Uh, yeah, I like it as well. And I liked, I liked her character. And I quite like Rico. In a lot of these films, um, I don't tend to warm to the main character, but I, I really like Rico. Yeah, it's a shame old Casper Van Dien. I mean, I don't know he's the most versatile actor. He never really went on. I know he was in Sleepy Hollow with Johnny Depp. Um, he was like a side character in that, but he never really, other than Starship Troopers, you can't, I can't name any other movies other than Sleepy Hollow that I've ever seen him in. He never really broke out into anything, did he? No, not that I know of. I mean, this is a role it's suited for him because he plays that kind of, not meathead, but, you know, he's not the brightest button, but he's good at what he does. And I think he, he plays it really well in this film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a really good uh, job for him. Um, so now the Roughnecks, they're en route to this compound because um, they've received a distress call um, and they just find it full of bodies and then they're sort of searching the place and they find people like these kind of holes in their head and their brains have been sucked out. And old fucking Radcheck, he does one of my favourite lines. He goes over and he like sticks his fingers in this guy's head. He's like, he sucked his brains out. It's <laughs> just the way he fucking <laughs> says it always cracks me up. <laughs> I didn't notice that. Oh, shit. Why didn't I notice that? <laughs> but then they meet some fucking crazy... I don't know what he's supposed to be, like a fucking admiral or something. He's, like, hiding in a cupboard. I was like, all right, these arachnids have come and like, torn the place apart, and you're telling me they didn't fucking hear him or something in a fucking closet? Yeah, it's a bit... bit. Well, obviously, the film's far-fetched, as we say every week. But, yeah, that's a bit much. But um, 
maybe it's as good as old Indy's fridge the other day when he survived the nuclear blast. Well, it must be, yeah. And this is another Verhoeven regular because this guy's in Total Recall as well. He plays a guy with Quato on his belly, if you remember back, oh, does he? that far back. Yeah, he's the guy who plays him. I thought I recognised him. Oh, I didn't know that, but he didn't look quite... Okay. Um, so this Admiral is a bit fucking scatty. He's saying that um, the bugs, they they get into your brain and they make you do things. Then the Roughnecks kind of think, shit, the distress call was a trap. Um, you know, we're going to be fucked any minute. So Radchek sends Dizzy to go and call for a retrieval boat, someone to come and rescue him. Then they all run out and sort of fortify the place. And we just see like fucking thousands of fucking arachnids coming towards them. And we had this big, quite an epic battle, actually. I think this is quite a good kind of like defence scene. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But like I say, there's thousands of them. And as we said earlier, it's nearly three of them to take one of these bugs out. So they've got no chance. And there's flying ones as well. And these things just swoop down and just take your fucking head off, don't they? Literally. Yeah, they do. They're like giant, like fucking, I don't know what they're supposed to be, like giant mosquito looking things, aren't they? But yeah, they like Mm. the head, loads of people. I mean, they've got some big turret guns that some of the guys are on, but they do fuck all against. There's just loads of arachnids. And there's bits here that look really good. And there's some bits when you see like the long shots where the CGI does look a bit ropey when you see like all the arachnids climbing up over each other. Yeah, I think overall though, it doesn't look too bad at all. And there's a few brutal deaths going on, like say heads are being chopped off and some of the guys get like spiked and shit. I, I thought overall it's good and it's quite an intense battle scene. Yeah, because the old Admiral, he's on his knees somewhere, isn't he? Because he's gone a bit crazy. And I think Radchek shoots one of the flying ones and this crashes down and fucking takes the Admiral out as well. Yeah, it does. Yeah, he um, manages to take it out. And as it sort of hits the ground, it skids and takes the Admiral General, whatever the fuck he is, takes him with it. So then um, things are getting a bit bleak for them. They're like losing this fight, like they lose most fights with the Arachnids. And then this little um, like dropship comes down to collect them. And they're all kind of like moving back steadily. And Xander jumps out, doesn't he, of all people. And he's like helping them and covering them as they're all sort of falling back. And then a, um, the ground gives way and old Radchek gets sucked down and they pull him out of the sand and he's had his legs munched off. So Rico kind of shoots him to stop him suffering. And then a tanker yeah. comes out of the ground. Upset, but dizzy. Well, the Radchek died. Yeah, I was too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he, he died a hero's death when he? he was trying his best. But when he pulls him out and he, he's got no legs, it's like, and he sort of looks at Rico and he gives him that knowing look and he just shoots him in the heart, doesn't he? And it goes back to a bit earlier on, doesn't it? Where there's a scene, I think, where one of the flying guys grabs one of the roughnecks and um, Radchek snipers the, the guy, doesn't he, to put him out of his misery. And he's like, I think you do the same for me, or words to that effect, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, that's when that's on the way to the compound, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, because this guy's getting absolutely fucking mullered, isn't he? And the guy, <laughs> I doubt you noticed, but I've watched this a few times, and the guy who's getting killed at this point, he looks like Richard Gere. It's obviously not him, but it's like a fucking... I'd always thought his face... Yeah, he just looks like Richard Gere to me. And it's like, did he do a little cameo or just a really good lookalike? I, I didn't notice, um, I must say. I was, I, I know, I've seen this film a few times before. I'd forgotten that little clip. And I was a bit surprised. Old Radchek takes the gun out and I'm thinking, oh, he's going to pop the bug in the face. But he shoots the soldier instead. But obviously the soldier's pretty much beyond help anyway. Another thing, because he obviously he takes Sugar's weapon, doesn't he? Like the sniper one. This fucking sniper scope looks like he's got a fucking frying pan on the top of his bloody gun. The <laughs> scope is fucking massive. <laughs> yeah. So 
obviously Radchek, he's croaked it, which is a shame because we love a bit of Ironside. He lost his arms in Total Recall and he lost his legs in Starship Troopers. <laughs> he doesn't do well in Verhoeven films, does he? <laughs> he doesn't. But then there's, like, say his tanker comes out and starts, like, fucking sneezing on people and melting them. And Dizzy, I think this looks really cool. She, like, pops a grenade and throws it and it goes in its mouth and blows it up. And she's kind of like, yeah, celebrating. Then she turns around and an arachnid just comes up behind her and absolutely fucking butchers her almost, doesn't he? Like, stabs her about six fucking times. Yeah, she gets properly spiked by it. And again, you know, you've had two of the main characters that get absolutely obliterated. So, like, um, Sugar, Ace and Rico, they to like shoot the arachnid that's got dizzy and they manage to like snap its I don't know spiky bits off and drag her into the lifeboat and they take off but dizzy dies um of her wounds and then um it's quite, it turns uh, out... quite so I was just gonna say it's quite it's quite a sad moment obviously Dizzy's a good character we've talked about that um but Rico sort of holding her when she dies and he sort of gives her a kiss which is a bit morbid kissing that you know she's just died but I thought it was quite a sad little scene there it's very short but quite emotional yeah, because I like, obviously, you can tell she really cares for Johnny because she's like, um, she's like, I don't mind dying because I got to have you while I was alive. And it just shows that she generally really cared about him. Mm. Yeah, I and mean, she's been after him since the start, I guess. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there's never a bit here, because, again, with like the practical effects and stuff, you can actually see like the depth of her injury, can't you? You can see like the spikes gone through the armor. And she's actually yeah. got what looks like a proper hole in a sort of chest or shoulder wherever it is it's not just like blood over a shirt it looks like there is actually a proper wound there yeah yeah it does look quite good yeah i have to agree there so then it turns out that it's carmen and xander flying this ship and they tell um rico comes into the cockpit and he's like i assume command of the mission tell the fleet to you know bomb that place and they're like no the fleet's mobilized for a big operation so you need to get back and see what's going to happen next xander um, looks the- quite sweaty here again <laughs> he looks really sweaty to be fair, he's got good reason to be sweaty here because he has just performed a bit of a rescue mission. As much as I don't like the guy, he's done a pretty good job here. So I'll let him off for the sweat in this scene. You know, if I was calm and I'd be like, you know what, I don't want this guy fucking heaving away on top of me. He'll tell me. Yeah, <laughs> put it on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. It reminds me of that scene in that movie Airplane. Do you remember that? Where the guy's sweating and it's just like a fucking bucket oh, of water. Yeah. yeah. It reminds me of <laughs> He's not quite as bad as that, but he's on the level. <laughs> so now we have um, Dizzy's funeral and um, Carl appears and he mentions that they thought there was something called a brain bug on planet P and he apologises to Johnny and he's like, I'm sorry, it had to be your squad on there. And Johnny's kind of, I don't know, he's quite not cold in this bit, but I think, you know, the effects of everything that's just gone on, like he's lost Radchek, who's like his kind of mentor, his lover dizzy and stuff, and he's kind of just like in soldier mode now, and isn't he? he? Goes, yeah, well, we're soldiers. That's what we got to do. Yeah, I guess shock, maybe. It just, uh, yeah, that's what he signed up for. But yeah, it's not pleasant, is it? Like you say, he's just lost two people very close to him. Dizzy's old um, funeral, though, when she uh, gets, she's in like a metal sort of coffin casket thing, and she gets shot into space but it's very peaceful it's not like Kane where he gets fucking blasted is it I know Kane is obviously was infected or whatever but she just gets sort of gets peacefully floated out into space doesn't she yeah it's quite a cool little um funeral scene really obviously as much as a funeral scene can be good in the movie really they're not the most exciting things and <laughs> anything you want to sort of cheer for but yeah she kind of goes out nice and peacefully whereas Kane just looks like <laughs> fired out of a cannon doesn't he yeah, poor old Kane <laughs> <laughs> So now um, 
uh, Carl tells them that they're going to do like a big operation. They want to go down to planet P and they want to capture the brain bugs. If they study it, they might obviously unravel some clues as to what the arachnids are all about and their tactics and such. Then he puts Rico in charge of the roughnecks. So he's got another nice, easy promotion there, hasn't he? He's gone from being like a little fucking private soldier boy. Now he's like in charge of a whole battalion. Yeah, but I guess he, he survived a couple of battles, which is more than most of them have. So I suppose there's a reason to promote him. But yeah, it does seem to come fairly easily. So the start of the invasion goes much the same as the original one. We start off in space with the dropships going down and all the starships are getting fucking blown apart by the, you know, the shit that gets shot up from the other bugs. <laughs> um, and the Roger Young gets blown in half. So Carmen and Xander, they just kind of like trying to escape as their ships sort of falling apart and their captain dies. Um, she gets like trapped between this fucking door and nearly crushed to death. Yeah, it's quite nasty, isn't it? They're, they're all escaping and um, yeah, there's a, a door comes out, a big heavy fucking blast door, isn't it? And just crushes her. It's quite nasty. Uh, so they escape on a dropship, um, but they struggle. I don't know why this ship doesn't fly. Because it's just one of the normal drop ships, but anyway, they they release it. It just ends up crashing down onto Planet P, and they crash that through some rocks. Crash. That that crash, <laughs> seriously, it's like Indy when he went down the waterfall the other week. It goes through like a mountain almost, and keeps going, and hits into a rock, like a huge rock formation, and they just sort of get out. It's like really, really, the ship kind of like ricochets off these rocks and bounces <laughs> around this cave like a fucking bouncy ball. It looks like it's a mad. It looks fucking terrible as well. And they're um they're like giving off a distress call, and then we sort of cut to Rico, who's now in charge of what was we say the roughnecks. Um, and they sort of try intercept the, the distress call, and he's like, "Oh, it's Carmen, is that you?" And then it cuts off, and they're like, "Oh, she must be dead. There's no way she'd survive." Um, and then we see Xander and Carmen have survived. They're in this cave, and they're being attacked by arachnids, and they're sort of trying to fight them off, but the numbers overwhelm them, like. Xander gets like a fucking spike in his leg and he goes down and then Carmen gets one through her shoulder, but they're being kept alive. Then we see this big fucking, I don't know, there's like a gammon joint come in and it's a fucking <laughs> brain bug. It's just really fucking weird. That's a great description. I was watching this last night and I was thinking, how can I put this in my notes? What does it look like? Gammon joint, that is spot on. Yeah, fucking hell, brilliant. <laughs> It's pretty fucking grotesque, though, isn't it? I mean, fighting the arachnids is bad enough, and you see this big fucking thing with a big minge on its fucking face. I was going to say, it's got a fucking fanny <laughs> on its face. <laughs> it's fucking weird. It's got loads of eyes, and then, like, this big fucking gaping fanny underneath them. <laughs> and then out of the fanny comes this big slimy penis <laughs> thing with a fucking stuck on it. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> a fucking design. This is like going back to fucking alien territory. I'm sorry it is, isn't it? With this. Yeah, it is a bit. Uh, yeah, fucking hell. <laughs> and it, for our American friends, um, Fanny is what we call something else over here because I think that means something different over there. Yeah, that's it. It's the other end of the body <laughs> or the other side. Yeah. Just, I don't know. <laughs> Google it if you're American and you're a bit confused. But anyway, old fucking gammon Fanny fucking sucks <laughs> Xander's brain out. This <laughs> bit looks pretty fucking gory. Well, not gory, but it just looks pretty horrible the way his face kind of hollows out and his eyes start to roll up. Yeah, it doesn't look too bad considering. Um, I thought the effect there looks quite good, but yeah, it just spikes the top of his head, and you see his brains going up this tube. Yeah, it almost kind of reminded me of the effects of kind of Indiana Jones style, the way obviously his head sort of like sucking in. Um, but before he actually dies, he passes Carmen a knife, doesn't he? He kind of pulls it out of his yeah. boot and passes it back to her. So now old 
gammon things, finish with Xander, it throws him to one side. And then we cut to Rico and they're walking down these tunnels and he sort of stops and he sort of looks down one tunnel, then down the other and he's like, oh, Carmen's down there. And they're like, no, she's dead, buddy. And he's like, no, I, I know she's down there. Um, and they're like, well, you can't go off mission because I'll hang you for it. So he sends his whole battalion down one tunnel and he takes Sugar and Ace with him down the other because he's determined to find Carmen. And then we cut back to Carmen who's about to get fucking fanny gammoned and she cuts the fucking thing off as you the straw hook with her knife and then Rico turns up holding a nuke and he sort of threatens the brain bug because he knows it's intelligent and the brain bug kind of squelches off then they um Carmen now suddenly is fine she got a massive fucking hole in her shoulder but she can pick up a gun and start shooting and they sort exactly of fend off the arachnids yeah. <laughs> exactly the same it's like one minute ago yeah you'd be absolutely fucking mullered after that and she just gets up and starts firing away like you know, nothing's happened to her. It's mental. Yeah, and these assault rifles, they got fucking huge as well. They're almost <laughs> like, again, cartoony, aren't they? They're so fucking big. Yeah. And she's like, just like, whips one up and it's like, yeah, all right, you're just, you're okay now. Yeah, no, it's a bit, I mean, obviously she's just cheated death anyway with that crash. And now she's just pretty much had her arm ripped off from her shoulder, but now she's totally fine. Yeah, and old Sugar, he gets hit by um, an arachnid and they kind of pull him into like a little corner and he's like, give me the nuke and I'll like hold them off for you. And he sort of led there holding this little nuke and shooting. And for some reason, like considering arachnids take about fucking 20,000 shots to die, he manages to kill like 20 or 30 of them just with tiny little bursts while he's defending them as they're running away, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. And also, I mean, I don't know how long the the fucking weight is on that nuke, but it takes ages to go off, doesn't it? He's holding it for fucking... He's worse than old matey boy in Terminator 2 the other day. He's just fucking led there holding it. Yeah, I was going to say he's never fucking Miles Dyson. At least he doesn't make that stupid noise while he's waiting now. <laughs> no, he doesn't. At least, at least he does something with his time while he's waiting for it to go off. Yeah, so the nuke goes off and um, Rico, Ace and Carmen, they kind of get their way to the surface. And it's just like they come to the surface and it's like daylight and just like all the men, all, all the soldiers and that and the um, the infantry, they're all just dancing around and celebrating, which is really fucking weird. And then they get down there and they find out and say, you know, what's happening? And they're like, oh, we've caught the bug. And it was Zim who did it. And then they bump into Zim, who's busted himself down to private. And they've managed to catch the brain bug now. And old fucking Carl appears looking like an SS member in his fucking get up. <laughs> and he puts his... He puts his hand on the brain bug and they're like, oh, what's it thinking? And it's like, it's afraid. And then there's just this whole weird celebration. And then we get like an infomercial sequence saying that now we've got the brain bug. We've got better weapons. We've got better ships. So join up for the mobile infantry and save the world today. And then it just ends. Yeah, I, I have to say the ending of this film is shit. It's such a letdown after, you know, what's gone before. I don't know what you think. Yeah, it just, yeah, like you, you get like the brain bug. You're expecting like a big fight, aren't you? Like a big yeah. kind of like a war or something like that. And it's like they have their little bit with the brain bug, which is good. And then like they come out and it's like the ending's already happened. It's almost like we missed something. Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? It's like they just run out of ideas, budget, time, fucking something happened because it just is a nothing ending, really. Yeah. So on that note about the nothing ending, um, what should we give this one some scores? Yeah, let's do it, Bradwell. Who's going first? Uh, well, I think you should because your girlfriend told you to rate it five and I want to see if you're going to let her down or not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. Um, yeah, I watched this yesterday and I had seen it a few times before, but not for a while. Um, 
I enjoyed it, but not as much as I thought I would. I have to say, it's not as good as I remember it being. Um, but it is still, it's still a good film. Don't get me wrong; I'm not going to shit on it. And um, speaking of that, I was harsh to Corella last week. That's a different story. But I think I totally underscored that. But anyway, we're not talking about Corella this week. <laughs> um, this film is pretty fucking violent and brutal in places. It has to be said. Some bits look better than others, um, but overall, I think it stands up quite well. I didn't like. Denise Richards' character, I never have, and I still don't like her. She's fucking annoying, but there we go. I really like Dizzy, and unfortunately she she dies, but there we go. Um, I think it's weird. There's a bit too much rinse and repeat. I think, obviously, this film's long. You know I don't like long films, but a couple of the battle scenes almost seem like they just did them over twice. They're almost the same thing again, um, but there we go. Um it's just, and it always seems to be the, the scenes with um, Carmen that look shit as well, all the space scenes. And maybe that's another reason why I don't like her. Um, you can tell this is a Paul Verhoeven film just by the set and the style of it. Or it is very much like he, he took some bits left over from Total Recall and used them in this. Um, I still do really like it, don't get me wrong, but I'm looking at it with more of a logical head than a nostalgic head. And I was only going to give it a three. But I am going to upscore it to a four. And that's not just because I'm probably going to be single after this if I don't give it five. So I'm <laughs> risking my life anyway. But for sheer entertainment, and some of the scenes are quite good fun to watch, it's got to be a four others. I thought I was going to maximum score this, but no, it's got to be four others for me, Brad Roll. So still pretty solid. How about yourself? No, oh, very good. Very good. Um, yeah, I, I like this film. I've liked it since I first saw it. I mean, yeah, there are parts where they haven't aged well. Some of the, like you say, some of the spacing just look a little bit ropey, really. Yeah, Carmen, I don't like as a character. And speaking of like what you said there about Verhoeven, like he's one of those directors who definitely has a style to his movies. Like when you watch his movies, you know they're his, just the way he does stuff. But like, you know, you get your Tim Burton's and stuff. You always know when you're watching one of his films because of the way he does it and the music he uses. So I like it from that perspective. It's a lot of fun. It's a good 90s action movie. It's a good popcorn movie. It's not fun for the whole family because it is fucking violent throughout most of it. Mm. Um, the cast overall is good. It's got some legends in there. Like you say, Hank's in there, Clancy Brown, Michael Ironside. Um, and then you've got that kind of 90s cast like Casper Van Dien, who never really amounted to anything. But from movies like this and the woman who plays Dizzy in that, they're kind of like of their time actors and they all suit this movie. Um, this is a movie that both Rachel and myself really enjoy. It's kind of one of our movies. So... I can't give it a five, but like you, I think I can give it a four because it's a lot of fun. Um, even though it's got some flaws in it and it hasn't aged well in places, it is still a good action movie just to pop on. And yeah, it might be a little bit long in overall. It could have done with being under the two hour mark, but I do really like it. So it's getting four from me. Oh, good stuff, Brad Roll. I think we're pretty much in agreement on this one then. I mean, it is a great film just to throw on. And um, Although it's pretty full-on and gory and brutal, you can just have it on in the background and just sort of pick it up here and there, can't you? Because the story's not particularly engrossing, is it? It's pretty simple. Yeah, I mean, it's a sort of movie we've seen a few times before. It's just a bit more satirical, this one, isn't it? It's got, like, if if it wasn't done by a director like Verhoeven, who puts all that kind of world-building and his infomercials and the way he shoots things, it probably would have been really throwaway. It's his directing style that kind of gives this movie its life, I think. It kind of makes it unique. Yeah, absolutely agree. Yeah, it, it would have been scored way down if it didn't have his little touches in it because if that really fleshes it out and gives it that sort of extra bit because without it, it would just be a, a typical fucking throwaway film that 
we probably wouldn't even be reviewing, to be fair. Yeah, it'd be like its sequels. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm never going to watch. <laughs> so there we go. That is Starship Troopers. Um, to my knowledge, I don't think we've decided what we're doing this week, have we? <laughs> I was about to ask you. Um, <laughs> no, we haven't. But, I mean, the way things are going at the moment, it probably won't end up being what we plan anyway, because bloody Netflix and Prime keep letting us down left, right and centre. So, no, we, we actually genuinely don't know. So we may well discuss this once we finish recording, because we probably need to find something. Absolutely. And if you want to throw out any suggestions to us to listen to, then by all means do so. You can find us on Twitter at The Usual Place, at The Hyperbaric Goats. If you happen to be an Only Fools and Horses fan, we have started a new podcast called Only Goats and Horses um, to celebrate the 40th anniversary, where we're going to be talking about every single episode in chronological order. You can find uh, us on Spotify and other places if you want to listen to that one. Follow us on Twitter and you'll find the feed for both of our podcasts, if you'd like. Indeed. And that Only Falls one is going to be a, a pretty long one. I mean, if we're planning to do one every week, it's going to go on for well over a year. So, um, yeah, hold tight for that one and strap yourselves in, I'd say. Absolutely. Uh, and that's pretty much it for me. So this is Bread Roll signing off for this week. And for me, JT, I've just got one last thing to say. One day, someone like me is going to kill you and your whole fucking race. <laughs>